still voting. They're still voting. We'll see if Kevin McCarthy can get the necessary votes to become Speaker of the House. All right, hour number two, Pete Callender here. Happy New Year, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers are 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. And the email, as always, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And Callender's with a K. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Pete Callender, where I don't know if you'll actually ever see my tweets, especially if I try to pay Twitter to promote them. I think then it takes a decade for them to, ooh, I wonder if they're going to charge me now. I wonder if I'm going to get money drawn out. Maybe that, that might not be good. Maybe I've been sitting in like a holding pattern until they needed to approve the tweets so I could, uh, so then they could, they could get my $50. Because <laughs> I, all I was doing was trying to test a campaign. Like what kind of reach do I get if I pay to promote this tweet? This was 10 years ago. Okay. Um, Meanwhile, oh, one other thing on the Duke Energy rolling blackouts, uh, one other thing, and I will come back to this because in the next hour, we've got uh, Andrew Dunn coming on. Uh, He's going to talk about North Carolina politics. He's made some predictions at his uh, website, Long Leaf Politics. So um, we'll we'll circle back to this uh, at least tangentially, but I just, I feel like I need to throw this out because I didn't hear it mentioned at all during the, um, uh, the Duke Power appearance, sorry, Duke Energy appearance before the North Carolina Utilities Commission this morning. I did not hear, I might have missed it, but I did not hear anybody mention the potential cause being rolling drag shows all around the Carolinas. So the blackouts were simply attacks meant to take those out, right? And that's why that happened. It had nothing actually to do with the models or the wind or the coldness or whatever. It was just about no, it was about drag shows. No, I'm just I throw it out there as a as a a, a a lead, right? Because they were very sure of this. Okay. Um, speaking of leads and being very sure of things, let's talk about Ray Epps. Ray Epps. Over the uh, over the weekend, I read through the entire transcript of Ray Epps. And his appearance before the January 6th committee on insurrection. And Ray Epps has been at the center of a, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, because uh, there are people that have spun all sorts of stories around this guy. But there is a, I mean, there are multiple theories around this guy. Because he wouldn't talk. He wasn't arrested. He played a what appeared to be a pretty central role in uh, the January 6th riot, sorry, insurrection. And so it seems to me like when you got a guy on January 5th, the night before, and then January 6th, the day of, telling people we need to go into the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol. We need to go into the Capitol. And he's directing everybody to do this. And then he's getting to the front of the, of the parade leading people to the Capitol, but he never goes in himself. And then we see a text message that he sent to his nephew where he said, I orchestrated it. That has prompted a lot of people to wonder why didn't the FBI charge him? 
because the FBI, the DOJ, they've charged hundreds of people, hundreds of people who walked in the building, who were like following the line of people and they got the Capitol Police officer standing there holding the door open, letting people walk through. I'm not talking about the ones who broke windows. I'm not talking about people that assaulted Capitol Police. I'm talking about, and there were a very good many uh, number of them who happened to be like in the crowd going up to the Capitol. And by the time they get to like the barricades, the barricades are pulled apart. They're they're broken down. They're they're thrown off to the side. And so you get some of these, let's face it, some some elderly folks and they come walking up and they're like, oh, Yes, we're going into the Capitol. Let's follow the crowd. They just follow the crowd right in. Here's Capitol Police. Oh, how you do? Okay, nice to meet you. And now they're in the Capitol, and they're making phone calls and whatever. And then they get arrested a couple weeks or months later. And I'm not here to litigate every one of their cases. I am here to point out that I've seen enough of them who have uh, enough of these cases over the last year where uh, people who did exactly what I just described have been imprisoned. And I'm wondering why the guy Ray Epps wasn't. That's been my question. I don't know what role the guy played, if any, right? But I read through his deposition, so you don't have to. You're welcome. But let me start off by telling you how the left is approaching the deposition's release or the the transcript of the, I guess it's a deposition. So when you want to know what the leftists' talking points are, I always find it best to go to a website called Talking Points Memo. Not kidding. So uh, this is a piece by Josh Kavensky. He says uh, he describes Ray Epps as a former oath keeper because he was a Marine. Ray Epps was a Marine. He was a sergeant. And uh, he was caught on video on January 5th urging the MAGA faithful to march on the Capitol before wisely choosing not to enter on January 6th itself. So you can already tell there's a little bit of... uh, wordsmithery going on there because he was not just there on January 5th, the night before he came out of his hotel. He was walking around and he's, he's getting up into the face of some of the more radical, uh, uh, pro Trump, uh, uh, MAGA, uh, you know, what are the bullhorn screamers? He's going up to them. He's inserting himself into these various little conversations and, and chantings and stuff, and he's inserting himself in, and he's saying, we got to stay focused, we got to stay focused, you know, we're not here to cause violence, but we got to go into the Capitol, and I'm going to get myself arrested, that's what he said. And his comments actually drew jeers from some of the pro-Trump folks that were there on January 5th, the night before. They accused him. First, they were like, no, no, no. When he was like, we need to go into the Capitol. They were like, no, you're crazy. And then some people accused him of being a Fed. He he claims in his deposition he never heard that. He never heard them chanting that at him. But whatever. What this comes down to when you read through his deposition is, do you believe this guy? And everybody has to make that determination for themselves. Do you believe what he is what he is saying? So Epps, again, this is talking points memo, Epps has become the center of a right-wing conspiracy theory which casts him as Exhibit 1, supporting the idea that January 6th was a Fed-surrection, as some call it, a government-instigated attempt at discrediting the Trump movement. 
Right. That can also be true. Right. The thing for me is, did Ray Epps have any kind of connection to any law enforcement agency or not? Spoiler alert. He says he does not. He said, I have never, except for his time in the military when he was a Marine for four years, years ago. He has not been in contact with law enforcement, has worked for the FBI or the CIA or the DOJ or anybody else. Now, of course, to people who believe he was part of that, that is not going to be accepted at face value. They are going to assume that, of course, he would say that, right? Of course, he would say that he's not a member of this entity that is trying to goad people into attacking the Capitol, the very thing that Ray Epps did. Now, he'll say he didn't goad people to attack the Capitol. He said he wanted to march everyone down there to go inside the Capitol as a show of force against and strength and, and support inside the Capitol against election fraud. And that's all he wanted to do. I just wanted to walk in. He thought the Capitol was open. And so he would just waltz on in there along with several tens of thousands of other people. And they would all just stand in there, you know, kind of like the, the lefties did in Wisconsin and um, and uh, the North Carolina General Assembly building right up in the state legislatures. The left does this all the time, right? They just want to go in and be heard. That's all. And so he's like, I'm just going to walk in. And I'm going to lead all these people who have not elected me or don't know who I am. Like, they don't know. I'm just going to get in front of the the crowd, and I'm going to direct them in my sergeant's voice, and I'm going to say, let's go to the Capitol. you got to go inside the Capitol. But no violence. It's all about the Constitution. We just want to go in there and fill the rotunda, fill the Capitol with all of us as a show of force against election fraud. And then something, 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 and then we win. It's very clear. The plan is very, very clear, at least to me. Okay. So the panel on Thursday released a transcript of its interview with Epps. Right-wingers have accused him for more than a year of being a federal agent inserted into the riot to instigate violence. The panel also asked Epps if he was affiliated with any of the following agencies, the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Metropolitan Police Department, and he said no to all of them. Um... Harris Rigby at notthebee.com said it's weird that with all the people involved in January 6th sitting in prison and a former president who said to protest peacefully, constantly slandered as a riot insider, that the one guy we know that wanted people to riot inside the Capitol and wanted others to join his protest is for some reason never considered as a conspirator by the January 6th committee. Why is that? The one guy we have on video saying go into the Capitol. The one guy who admitted in text messages that he orchestrated it, he's the one guy not charged. That seems odd to me, but they have a reason for this. They have an explanation. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so hang on. Let me go back up to Capitol Hill. They're clapping. Clapping for McCarthy, 128 votes. Now, wait a minute. This is behind. I think this is behind. Why McCall. are they? McCarthy. McLean. McLean. Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy. McClintock. He's at 130. McCarthy. McCollum. 
Jeffries. Jeffries. Says no majority emerges McCarthy. in first House Speaker vote. McCarthy. So that's actually, oh, so the Fox McCarthy. feed is actually behind, a little bit behind the C-SPAN feed. I'm at 132. I guess they're, Jeffries. So you got, because you got seven McGovern. votes for bigs and five votes for Jeffries. others. And I guess McHenry. that's. McCarthy. McCarthy. Oh, there was Patrick McHenry voting for McCarthy. So I'm guessing um, that the the 12 votes, I'm guessing that's how they got to this uh, headline. The 12 votes for neither McCarthy or Jeffries means that there isn't going to be a member elected on the first ballot. So then the question becomes what happens on the second ballot? Does the do the seven five votes like do they start, you know, moving to one of those two candidates or do you get different candidates that are now submitted or do you get uh, McCarthy or Jeffries or Biggs or somebody else to withdraw? I, I don't know. No members has votes to be elected. Second speaker vote expected. Okay, so that's where we are. Um, all right, so let me go into the uh, some of the transcripts from Ray Epps. He's, this is the guy that ever since that article appeared at Revolver News that made all of these connections between Epps and these video clips from uh, January 6th. A lot of people have been wondering, why did this guy show up on the FBI's wanted list for J6 uh, insurrectionists? but then immediately get taken off of the list. How did that happen? Even though there's all this video of him saying, we're going into the Capitol. We need to go to the Capitol. And he started these, uh, he started imploring people to do these things the night before January 6th. He was out on the streets as people were protesting in the streets. And there was a confrontation between pro-Trump people and BLM Antifa people. And he went out there and he was, trying to to talk to the Trump people saying we got to be peaceful we got to focus it's about the constitution and he and he talks about this in in the deposition that he was trying to get people to focus on this one thing which was election integrity which was the and he has some uh some beliefs about the election being stolen because he and his wife live in Arizona and they have another piece of property and for the first time ever they got mailed ballots they didn't ask for and three ballots went to their other property and so he sees this and he's like what the heck is going on three ballots get sent to my old property two get sent to us we didn't ask for these things and so he believes that there's there there is problem there's a problem with the election so that's why he was at january 6th he says so when they are he is asked uh, by the j6 committee about this text message that he sent to his um, nephew, I believe. I want to say it was his nephew. But he says, I orchestrated it. And he sent that text message after the crowd had breached the Capitol. Now, Epps never went into the Capitol. He was outside. He was telling people to march towards it. He left before Trump's speech. Now, what to me was really interesting in this was that the reason he was there, according to his deposition, the reason he was there was because his wife asked him to go. Why would his wife ask him to go? According to his testimony, 
she was worried about their son's safety because their son was going with a friend of his. And so his wife, Ray Epps' wife, asked Ray, can you go and make sure nothing happens to our boy who was in like his 20s? Make sure that you could help provide some safety and security for him. You're a sergeant. You know, you know how to handle yourself and all of this. Can you go with him? And besides, you can go and do the historical tours and you can go check out the family's historical property that they uh, that they actually sold off to the U.S. uh, Park Service. You know what it was? The Appomattox Courthouse property. That's Ray Epps' family. His family owned Appomattox. And they then sold it to the Park Service, the family did, years ago. So what did he mean by orchestrate? He said, I just meant that I got, well, you have to understand our relationship. I'm the uncle, he's the nephew. We hunt together We have fun with each other. We do that kind of stuff. What I meant by orchestrate, I helped get people there. Now, at that point, I didn't know that they were breaking into the Capitol. I uh, didn't know windows had been broken. I didn't know anybody was in the Capitol. If I answered him, that means uh, it was at 2.12. I was on my way back to the hotel room. Okay, says the questioner, and all the questioners, almost all of them are blacked out, redacted, so you can't tell. So at this point, you're now away from the Capitol complex. He says, exactly. All right. So when you say, I was in the front with a few others, what time are you referring to? He says, I was in front. And the questioner says, I'm, I'm trying to understand. I guess what we would like to understand is why are you telling your nephew this at this time? And he said, well, I was pretty proud that we were all there. I mean, I wasn't proud of some people, but for the majority of the people, they were pretty peace-loving people. I mean, they were like me. The atmosphere was good, except for those people that were trying to take it in a different direction. His belief was that we had to be peaceful. We got to do it the right way. Okay. So keep in, keep in mind this, this timeline. And I'm, I'm actually applying a bit of skepticism to his story that the J6 questioners did not. They just, they just gobbled up his entire tale. There wasn't any kind of pushback. There was no adversarial questioning. Because what I don't understand is, why did you walk away? Why did you leave the Capitol complex? You said the point was to go inside. He says, oh, when I saw the barricades, though, then I was like, oh, well, then it's not open, so then we shouldn't be there. But then he was right there when he saw the first breach of the lines occur. That's why people thought he was part of the the breach team. He was right there. So he sees the line get breached. Does he go home then? Because, oh, my gosh, it's out of hand. No. He continues marching forward. He goes all the way up. And then at some point, he leaves. And the entire time, you you know who's not with Ray Epps? His son. The entire time, Ray Epps marched on the Capitol without his son. The very reason he was there in the first place, supposedly, that his wife said, go and make sure our son stays safe. And Ray Epps left his son to go lead the crowd to the Capitol. And then after two o'clock, he then goes, tries to go back to the hotel and he claims, I had no idea that any of the violence was happening. It doesn't make sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. 
News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Back to the uh, transcript here from the January 6th committee that they released last week. Ray Epps. Ray Epps, the guy at the center of, uh, of a theory, a conspiracy theory, or various theories. I mean, there are a bunch of them. I've seen a lot of different theories. And look, I don't, I don't subscribe to any one of the theories because I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, empowered as a juror in a trial or anything to know whether he is or isn't. I just have a lot of questions that the J6 committee did not ask. And they treated this guy with kid gloves. Oh, I just, I'm trying to understand and please explain to me. And He's a cooperating witness. There's no debate about that. So here's the question. I just want to understand a little bit more uh, your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point when you sent that text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. And you were moving back to your hotel. Is that right? Like this is leading the witness. Like I'm giving you this explanation. Is it? It seems like you were very disturbed by what you saw. Is that accurate? Oh, yes, I was very disturbed. I knew it. Oh, my gosh. So, like, when you sent this text, you were already on your way away from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction? He says, right. She says, but you use the word orchestrate. It's almost like you're sort of sort of taking some ownership over it, whatever that is. So I'm just trying to understand why that word orchestrated was used because it sounds like you're sort of adopting the whole thing, including the stuff that you were walking away from. What's another way to say that? Alibi. Yeah, you're trying to create an alibi of some kind by leaving, right? Oh, wow, I whipped up all this crowd and, oh, my gosh, now they're now they're engaged in a riot. Which, by the way, that's what they said about Trump, is it not? They said Trump whipped up the crowd, so he's responsible for it. If he's responsible for it, then why is Ray Epps not? He says it was me being, how do you say, I didn't know he was a like ESL here, but uh, how you say, he says, you have to understand the relationship between me and my nephew. It's just, yeah, I took credit for it, but I didn't know what I was taking credit for, you see. I wasn't talking about the damage and all that stuff. Just getting people there. Yeah, I was, I was taking credit for it. Right? Am I, to, am I supposed to believe that this guy is an idiot? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? That this sergeant in the U.S. Marine Corps, that he's an idiot. Runs a successful business in Arizona, right? But he's a moron that decided to just jump in front of the crowd, leave before Trump started speaking or right as Trump took the stage, separate from his son, who he was there ostensibly to provide security and safety for at the request of his wife. He then splits away from the son and starts directing everybody, go to the Capitol, we got to go to the Capitol, it's this way, like literally on video pointing people. Now, maybe he is this stupid. Now, that is entirely possible. I do not want to rule that one out, that he is this stupid. He is, after all, being shown on video. People going right up to him with cameras and shooting video, and he's not wearing a mask, he's, you know, giving a, a personally identifiable information to people, so... They identified him fairly quickly, and by the way, when the FBI put out his uh, picture on the poster, 
He called the feds. He called the FBI. And maybe that's why he didn't get arrested. Maybe that's why they took him off the poster. Because they were like, hey, you know what? This guy immediately called us and uh, we can get him to cooperate on some stuff. I don't know. So uh, the questioner at the J6 committee, this is one of the staffers, says, so you were proud of orchestrating the energy, the march to the Capitol, the expression of strongly held views about the election, but not the violent part. That's the part that made you turn away. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's an embarrassment. It took away what they did, or sorry, what they did took away from everything. Who's going to listen to anybody when something like that is going on? By the way, that is what I said a year ago. No one is going to listen to any of what you have to say after you have broken the windows out of the house. They're not interested. I don't care what you have to say. You've made it so much easier to, uh, to, for uh, your adversaries and opponents to, uh, to dismiss, discredit, attack you, right? You gave them all the ammo. It was so counterproductive and self-destructive. Um, they say, uh, this questioner says, when, it's interesting to me that you, when you watch these videos, you emerge as a leader. You're there trying to talk to people, to talk sense into people. This is a questioner on the J6 committee saying that Ray Epps is trying to talk sense into people by telling them what? To march onto the Capitol, which I thought was instigating a riot. But when Ray Epps does it, he's a leader. Oh, he's trying to talk to people, talk sense into them. No one appointed you or asked you to do that, but you took that upon yourself. Tell me more about those decisions. Did you see yourself as an orchestrator or a leader? He said, no. I just, I know in my mind what I wanted to see, and that was a peaceful demonstration. I wanted our elected leaders to see that we had problems with the election and there shouldn't be doubt in Americans' lives, Americans' minds about an election. I think we failed, or we failed. I think the elected officials failed us because there was doubt in people's minds. There shouldn't be doubt like that. There's always somebody saying, oh, it was stolen. I mean, that's been going on for eons. But this time, having experienced it myself with five ballots coming to my house, ballots are sacred almost. They're hard to get. I mean, or they should be. And I had valid concerns with that. And I know that I heard a lot of stories. Yeah, they're stories. But those stories I never heard before uh, on ballots, on different things like that. So I wanted you guys to know, hey, We have a problem with this. We need to change it so it doesn't happen again. See, and so the best way to do that is to is to direct, you know, tens of thousands of people to storm the Capitol. That's the best way to do it. Now, he didn't think they were going to be doing any storming. He thought it was merely just going to be walking in because he thought it was open. He thought the Capitol building would be open to the public. And then it was not. Oh, and by the way, we have details on that now, too. Yeah, the Republicans that were supposed to be on the J6 committee and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let them on. So they went and did their own investigation and they looked into the security problems that day and who was in charge of the of running security. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi does not come out looking too good in any of that. I got a ton of stuff on this. One of the stories I've been following. I'm not even I mean, it was like a. 
I want to say it was like a 60, 70 page deposition that I read through over the weekend. And um, the best part of the Ray Epps um, uh, testimony here <laughs> is that he, I don't want to say he throws his wife under the bus, but he's <laughs> he's definitely bringing her into the situation. All right, I'll explain in a minute. Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so orchestrating. He orchestrated, Ray Epps orchestrated the march to the Capitol, but not all that other stuff. I mean, I was just there telling everybody we got to go to the Capitol. I was telling them last night. I was telling them today. I was like, this might get me arrested, but we need to go into the Capitol. And people were like, no, Fed, Fed, Fed. He's like, oh, I didn't hear any of that. But this is what he was pitching on January 5th. The night where he went outside to go make sure that his son didn't get into any trouble or whatever. But then he got separated from his son on the night before, on January 5th. And then he also got separated from his son and his friend the next day at the Capitol. But that was probably because Ray Epps just started walking towards the Capitol before Trump even took the stage, which is kind of weird. Like, why would you do that? Why, why, why would you leave before Trump is done? So obviously Ray Epps wanted to march into the Capitol wanted to parade this show of force peacefully, of course. Um, so he was obviously not inspired by anything Donald Trump had said. This is something he wanted to do on his own. I, just, I guess, coincidentally, it was also something that, uh, like that guy baked Alaska, or whatever his name is, like the, like some of these other provocateurs, right? They wanted to do as well. I mean, just coincidental. So then he, he uh, is on the front line, one of the first uh, steps to be breached, the fence line, torn down by a couple of guys. And I can look at the video both ways, by the way. I can look at the video and say Ray Epps is, is trying to direct the activity. I can also look at the video and I can think that's him trying to defuse the situation. He's just not good at it. And they don't believe him. They, they don't, they want, there are people that are there for a fight. They were there looking to cause trouble, and they're not going to let Ray Epps talk them off that ledge, right? I could see this both ways, but I know he was there when the first fences got breached because he's on video right there. So then we're supposed to believe that after he sees this stuff occur and continues to proceed up the, the steps to the front of the Capitol, but at some point he then says, I'm heading back. These people, they're, getting, they're, they're too far. They're, they've gone too far. So then he starts walking back and he texts his nephew at that point and says, I orchestrated it. I was up front with a few of them. I orchestrated it. I can I can interpret that both ways as well. I can I can hear him claiming credit just because that's what he wants to do, because it makes himself seem more important to his nephew. Oh, I was up, and he was, he was at the front, and he did help orchestrate it, right? He did help lead people down there, and then he's like, oh, this is too much, I'm out. See, the key distinction here is what's in Ray Epps' mind, and I don't know that. And the reason we don't know that is because we didn't get an adversarial format. We didn't get anybody that could actually cross-examine Ray Epps and poke holes in this story and find out or have a better chance of finding out what the truth actually was. The adversarial format that was denied us by Nancy Pelosi 
means we don't have a credible outcome. So the questioner from the committee says, your perspective is that there were concerns about election fraud, and you were proud of being there to express your concerns. Notice how they don't call him an election denier and all of that. And to continue to be proud of orchestrating that, that expression of concern about the election. And Ray Epp says, orchestrating is the wrong word. Okay. He says, I don't know what the right word is, but orchestrating, uh, well, my wife has told me over and over, you shouldn't say things that you don't, you know, you shouldn't have used that word. So his wife is telling him that he shouldn't have used the word orchestrated. I guess that would have been after the government started asking you why you said you orchestrated it. So they ask him, well, what's the better word now? If you, upon reflection and listening to the good advice of your wife, which all of us should always do, what would have been the better word, Mr. Epps, to use in terms of characterizing your conduct? And he says, quote, I helped get people there. So rather than say I orchestrated it, he was just like a traffic cop. Right. He was just standing there and he was at some point you could see he's got his hand out and he's like, you want to go in this direction. We're going to the Capitol. We're going into the Capitol. You want to march this way? He just took it upon himself to direct this whole crowd of people to go to the Capitol. Maybe the guy is just he's got an inflated sense of self-importance. Maybe that's it. To follow up on that, they ask, you helped get people there. But what was your goal in helping get people there? And he says, exactly what I said before, to do a peaceful demonstration. It's all about peaceful. When someone, I don't care what your cause is, when somebody hijacks it, and that's exactly what these people did, they hijacked this cause. When they hijacked it and turned it the other way, all credibility was lost. I didn't want to see uh, that happen. By the way, he also believes it was Antifa. He believe, Ray Epps says that it was Antifa that was instigating and provoking the fights, the violence. And the reason he believed that is because he saw it in 2020 and 2021. So this is why I say you don't get to January 6th without going through the summer of love and the peaceful, mostly fiery riots, right? You, you can't get there. You can't get there without covid You can't get there without Twitter censorship, right? It is coming in from all directions. And ever, and this is, I said it at the time, like this will be used against you. Ray Epps knows that. Now, does he know that because I know, like the same way I know that? Or does he know that because that's, that was his point or that was his goal? Um, He says on January 8th, he saw the FBI's most wanted flyer. He saw his picture on it. Somebody had sent it to him (laughs) like, dude, you're on the FBI's most wanted. And so he calls the FBI. He says he would cooperate. And um, the lawyer, let me skip ahead here. He says he's very disappointed in the politicians using him as, you know, as some uh, conspiracy theorist in order to like grift or, 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 you know, get publicity or something. And he says he hasn't been able to talk about it because his lawyers told him, don't talk about it. It's an ongoing active investigation. And the lawyer said, I believe Epps was removed 
from the FBI's uh, wanted list shortly after he contacted the FBI and the FBI contacted me. So he got himself an attorney and he called the FBI, said he would cooperate, and that's why he's off the list. Whether we believe it or not, that's up to us. (laughs) 